legends once told of a podcast lost now in the sea of time. These ancient recordings spoke of games and the arcane art of HTML5. Today, Jeff Blair and Matt Hackett bring these words back to life. It is lost cast, and may your ears receive it. Welcome to Lost Cast, episode 33. I'm Matt Hackett. And I'm Jeff Blair. So this is going to be a little bit uh, weird of an episode, probably. Hopefully this will work. This is going to be our for- our first purely remote episode. At least we're, yeah. it's just, just, just us two, and uh, no one is <laughs> physically with the other person. We've done remote before, like our interviews with Rich Davey, Photon Storm, um, uh, Dominic from Impact... And uh, recently, Jesse Freeman yep. from Microsoft. Um, so yeah, this is I, just us remote. I, I moved up to El Cerrito recently, so it's a little bit harder for us to get together now. Man, I still can't believe how much I just don't really know the Bay Area. Like, I'd never heard of El Cerrito until you were like, I'm moving to El Cerrito. And like, at first I was like, ooh, like, like for all I knew, that was like a, a country Arizona or something. Yeah, really far away. I'm like, ah, ooh. <laughs> But no, yeah, it's it's not too far. Like you're East Bayish, like a, a little bit east of San Francisco. Yeah, I'm in the East Bay, and it's just a little bit north of Berkeley, actually. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna go over some of the stuff that we're gonna cover in this episode. The first one is um, you will not be surprised to hear it's gonna be a lot about the Kickstarter, which is going really well, and we're really excited. Um, Hopefully you heard episode 32 in which we announced it, uh, but that was a little. I'm sorry about that. If that was confusing to people, um, it wasn't launched yet. Some people thought it was. We were just talking about how we were going to launch it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but and then now, we did launch it. Yes. Now we have. So um, today is Monday. We launched it uh, three days ago. It was on Friday. Um, so that was the 12th, right? Yeah, we launched it on July 12th, 2013, and um, it's running for 30 days. Yeah, it's just a 30-day Kickstarter. It's very typical because uh, I did a whole lot of research beforehand and found out all the best practices and, and all that stuff, and that's definitely one of them. It's like, just just make it, you know, 30 days. <laughs> Short and sweet. Don't drag it out. We're also going to talk about uh, our live demo at California Extreme. Yeah, that was really fun and really different for us. We'd, we'd never been in that kind of a situation before. Yeah, so it was a pretty busy weekend. So we're both tired neither of us wants to drive so remote podcast yeah exactly um and we might still uh like i'm i actually haven't seen your apartment yet so i've got to uh i've got to drive up there pretty soon anyway so um we'll do we'll do it if this if this podcast is poor quality then you're gonna get one soon that's back to the normal quality Um, hey but some podcast is better than no podcast that's true that's that seems to be the general feedback um what else are we going to cover? Let me look at that ticket we had for Lost Cast 33. Where is it? Where is it? Let's see. You are so unprepared. No, I'm prepared. No, you're right. I'm not prepared. <laughs> um, I guess that's it. It's just it's the Kickstarter. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about within each of those things. And, man, I'm sorry if you can hear these cars behind me. <sighs> so, um Let's talk about the live demo first, because that was really interesting. It was so cool, like, colliding with the fans and getting to see them uh, experience the game and stuff. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting, because we're primarily not able to see people playing our games. You know, we, we launch right. games on the internet, and people download them, or they visit in their browser, and they play them, and we get to hear their feedback sometimes. Um, 
but you know people people don't tend to tell you exactly what they're feeling right. uh, necessarily and so it's a really different experience to watch someone play the game and see their reactions when something happens to watch them jump and their frustrations when something bad happens to them or if they feel like the game cheated them or something yeah uh that was like my favorite thing to to see was um when people would uh because like we were mostly behind them watching over shoulder and then whenever they would uh get like hit by a spike trap or something else would surprise them you'd see them kind of jump and that yeah. was that was really cool i liked it a lot so uh, we're going to do a live demo post-mortem where we're going to cover uh, the things that went right with our demo, the things that went wrong with our demo, and then maybe some final thoughts, uh, just kind of uh, wrapping it up and giving an overview of what we thought was the most beneficial or if we do it again, which probably. Yeah, and we're just talking about um, how since Game Developer Magazine um, has shuttered, it's um, I, I need my post-mortem fix, so <laughs> I guess we'll start doing our own. And the way they did it was was they had this really nice format. It was like they briefly discuss the uh, like just tell you what the project was basically. Uh, it was like just like a paragraph or two, and then they would have five things that went right, five things that went wrong, and um, you know like what what they would do differently. And then there's like a like a final thoughts wrap up summary kind of paragraph. And uh, we I, I like that format a lot. It's very straightforward. So I think we're gonna do it something like that. Yeah, it looks like we've got um, we have four things that went right and four things that went wrong. So we'll have to improvise the fifth in each category. Yeah, um, I mean, there's probably more things, especially under the what <laughs> what went wrong <laughs> uh, category. But um, yeah, that's all I could think of really. Uh, this will be useful too because I'm actually gonna uh, write an article on this as well. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, you'll find links to that like on our. Um, on our Facebook and our Twitter and stuff, but it'll also be in Gama Sutra, hopefully. So, well, let's jump right in then. Yeah. So, um, let's do a quick um, description of, I guess, Crypt Run and uh, the demo. So, uh, Crypt Run, if you haven't played it yet, you can check it out right now, cryptrun.com. There's a uh, playable demo. It's in very early alpha. So, you know, there's bugs and stuff, and it's not, it's nowhere near complete. Um, it's written in HTML5. It's a desktop game. We're going to have it on Windows and Mac, uh, downloadable binaries. And it is a medieval fantasy hack and slash game that we're really excited about. So uh, that's a little bit about Krypton. The unique thing about Krypton is that when you die, the game isn't over. Uh, you get to continue the game in the realm of the dead, and you experience different monsters and different scenarios uh, right. within the same dungeon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, and that part's not really fleshed out yet, but it's uh, something we're working on. Yep, but it's kind of one of our central themes of the game. Right, yep. Uh, and so we had a chance to demo the game this weekend at California Extreme. Yep. Uh, we had a little table set up with a couple computers where we were running the game and allowing people to just come up and play uh, and check it out and give us their feedback and that kind of stuff. So, so um, California Extreme is uh, an arcade and pinball expo that takes place every year in the South Bay in California. And it's um, basically it's a gigantic room where they bring in uh, hundreds of arcade cabinets and pinball machines, and they're set to free play. And you can just buy a ticket for individual days or the whole weekend. They've got uh, concerts like Computer was there, Eight Bit Weapon. They've got talks. I was actually on a, a developer panel called the New Arcade Movement. Mm, um, that's right. So that's what the uh, that's what the expo is all about, and uh, it's mostly uh, arcade classic and retro games but uh it's it's really cool that they also allow us i mean because you know we like retro games and we make 
games that are very inspired by retro, but they're modern. I mean, they're being made now. Right. So well, I think that they recognize that it's interesting to have a little bit of new modern stuff in the mix, right? You have all yeah. these old classic pinball machines and classic arcade games. It's obviously really fun. Um, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a little sprinkling of new interesting games. Yeah, totally. Well. Yeah. And, and they're really like, um, they're in favor of the little guy, you know, like they're saying, or not in favor of, but like they're, they're willing to help the little guy. <laughs> so it works yeah. great for us. Well, it's um, a very similar scene, like the kind of, you know, like garage, <laughs> garage developers and arcade cabinet collectors. I feel like there's a lot of overlap <laughs> yeah, between those demographics. There definitely is. Um, so under what went right, uh, I put the first thing was preparation because we were really diligent about preparing. Um, we had like backups of everything we did. Like we, we would like, you know, hypothetically spell out what the demo would be like and we would like whiteboard. Okay, here's the table. We'll have a tablecloth. We'll have two setups. We know what size the table's going to be. Uh, we had the monitors ready to go. Like we were working on the demo to kind of like, you know, pivot away from just finishing the game, pivot towards finishing up this quick demo that we could show off um yeah we did really prepare very well we kind of uh we sat down and, and we talked about it and we made a list of all the things that we would need and then we made sure we had backups of everything that could fail pretty much yep and uh both of us were very diligent about keeping lists of which things were our responsibility yeah and then bringing those things to california extreme yeah uh, and we'd also tested all the demo hardware at home beforehand um, and all the game pads and that, that kind of thing. So yeah. we were very well prepared from a hardware and resource perspective. Yes. Um, we also did our due diligence. It was like uh, probably about a month beforehand that we started to order uh, some T-shirts for our ladies and um, <laughs> some, some demo banners that we affixed to the top of the monitor. Uh, you, you'll see pictures in their show notes if you haven't seen them. It was pretty cool because we, we had two 22-inch 20 20 monitors and uh, we had two 22-inch uh, banners and they fit so perfectly on top. It almost felt a little bit like a arcade game. Like, yeah, like a we were cabinet trying to, with a thing on top. Yeah, we were trying to replicate that feel of like the big cabinet banner that sits on top of an arcade monitor. Yeah. Uh, so that was um, fun. And we had stickers that were like these little coins. They were like um, gold and... Do I have any? I probably have some. They, the, all the gold ones are gone, the bigger ones. And then there were these small um, silver ones. They're like gold and silver coins. And it said com And death is just the beginning on there. And uh, a lot of people took them. It was great. Yep. Um, we also made sure we had a mailing list for people to sign up. So we could capture people's emails and send them information about the game mm -hmm. as well. Uh, my girlfriend Melissa actually baked off a bunch of candy that we gave out to people too to entice them to come play the game. Yeah, we'll touch. Um, that. Well, I was going to say we'll touch more on both of those, um, especially the uh, the candy one. We, we learned we learned some best practices <laughs> with regards to giving things away. That's true. Um, so the next thing that went right, I think, was presentation, which is kind of related to uh, preparation. But there's some other points in there um, that were. Like we didn't necessarily know ahead of time, but we that went well when we got there. So uh, we had a good setup. It was like a table that was pretty inviting. We were really diligent about watching the table at all times. And whenever somebody would leave, and the game would be in a state that you know didn't look very inviting, we would always quit back to the title screen where it looks like ready to play. You know, it's like come and come do it. Um, yeah. 
gamepad right there in the front. The seat or the chair was there. Like uh, there's stickers and candy, and there's like a the mailing list sign up. Like it, it looked well put together, and it looked very inviting. And, and we had a pretty good flow of like traffic. Like the chairs on Saturday anyway were very rarely empty. Yeah, it was a little slower on Sunday, but there yeah. were still quite a few people playing on Sunday. Uh, another thing that I liked that we did was that if there was ever a time where someone wasn't playing, one of us would then go grab the controller and start playing a little bit uh, to kind of give people like a live preview of the game, you know? So anyone walking yeah. by, they're not just looking at a title screen, they're looking at actual gameplay. Right. So like when they would walk by and if, if they would see two title screens and our title screen right now, it's not like final. It's just, it's not that interesting really. There's just two fire torches and there's like a little flickering like cave in the background. And uh, when you look at that, it's not really that enticing, you know, but if you see that, and it looks obviously like a title screen, like ready to play. And then you look in the other one and you see like, you know, action and fighting and combat. Like it's it's a pretty good pull. Yeah, I thought that went really well. Um, the next thing that went right was uh, we've been narrowing our focus over the last year at least. And we're getting to the point where we're like just desktop for right now. You know, like we, we, we definitely want to get back to mobile. But like that makes a lot more sense once you've nailed the experience in one place, you know, and... And desktop is where um, we have the most strength, and it's like I think what really sold it for us was that's where we do like 100% of our development. So, but anyway, um, for the demo, we, we had keyboard and mouse support. We have it, and we had gamepad support. But we decided just to go with gamepad completely. We're like just just to uh, make things simpler, you know. Like yeah, I could be seen. Like maybe some players prefer keyboard, maybe they prefer the mouse, and I could I guess I could see an advantage if you wanted to put those there just so people saw that there were multiple options i guess there's arguments for it but uh i actually really like it from the presentation perspective too it kind of goes back to number two but i really like that uh, we had a very nice clean table that wasn't overwhelming i mean you if you see like a keyboard and a mouse a gamepad it's a lot of stuff going on and our table just had the two monitors and in front of each monitor there was a gamepad and it was very clear what was going on it was like you're going to be playing a game here's the controller um, the PCs were underneath the table, underneath the tablecloth. So really, it could have been an Xbox, it could have been a PS3, it just happened to be a PC. We actually got a lot of questions about what platform is this running on? People didn't even know, you know? Yeah, they had and no idea. A lot of people were actually very surprised that it was running in the web browser. They were. Uh, honestly. But um, yeah, the gamepads worked out really, really well. Yeah, th so they worked out so great that the gamepads were, um, they were their own um, bullet point of, uh, it's like what, of the things that went right. And another reason that is, is because we noticed that the game was primarily played by kids, and we were really pleased to see that it like, really resonated with them. There were some kids, uh, on Saturday, there was this kid who played for uh, between four and five hours. He, he was really engrossed, and we think part of the reason that is, is um, we, I actually bumped into uh, this guy named Baz, who worked at Raptor, and... Um, we were talking about how, like, you know, we grew up with uh, arcade, because he, he's an arcade cabinet collector, you know, and it's like, right. that, that's kind of a natural thing to us, is you see that stick with that knob, and you see these buttons, like, and, you know, either in a three pattern or a six pattern, it's just like, if, you know, it feels natural, you're used to it, you know, and and kids probably don't have that as much these days, because they didn't grow up with arcade games, and now they're just kind of these, you know, relics of the past, so when they see a gamepad, and, and we use these, like, these super super generic game pads like i'm sure most of these kids have played this is basically a playstation controller it's just you know off brand but like they see that and and they they know it they understand it and they were just really eager to run up and grab it and uh i think the game pads were super inviting and just oh, said you like, and I, play me 
you and I grew up in an, in an age where uh, there was arcades that you had to go to to play games. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Very early on, there was Nintendo and stuff like that, too. But I, I remember before I had a Nintendo, uh, it was like, you know, an arcade or, or even within, like, Chuck E. Cheese or Showbiz Pizza or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would spend, like, days of my life playing nothing but arcade games. You know, like, my mom would drop me off in the morning at the mall, and I would go to challenges. I'd, I'd get lunch at the food court, and I'd go back to challenges, and I would just play arcade games all day, you know? I remember every time we would go to Showbiz Pizza, I would make a beeline for Rampage. Yes. And I would just play that for hours. I love Rampage. My uh, my game was uh, Hippodrome, which is this super rare, obscure... Uh, it, it plays like Street Fighter. It's a very combat arena kind of game, just side-scrolling, you know? Uh, and just like one-on-one versus. Uh, but it's uh, it's all medieval fantasy, so of course it really floats my boat, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet. Um, so I guess the last point would be... Uh, I've got mailing list signups here, but I might change that to like we had a good flow. So like, if a person a person would come in and play the game, and if they liked it and they wanted to like, oh, I might want to keep that in mind or something. We had a lot of options for them. Like there was a really inviting uh, mailing list sign up form right there. We had uh, about fifty people sign up for the mailing list, and that's that's really big for a small company like us. And yeah. uh, they would take the stickers and like, I mean, I don't know if the stickers will be effective or not. Like they might throw them away. They might put them on the shirt playfully and then, you know, just forget about it. But like, it's got the website right there. So it's got a chance to retain them, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like our flyer. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I feel like people are less likely to throw it away. Right. Cause it's Hopefully. like a sticker is something that has value. Like there, there are, there are places where you will pay money for a sticker, you know, like they, you know, you can buy sheets of stickers of things. So it's like, it's not as much, um, I don't know, we, just, we were looking at some stuff and they were just so like disposable, like if it was going to be like a little car, or just like a little flyer or something. Like it has no use outside of just, I, I have absorbed the information and now I'm done with this. <laughs> like I might as well just recycle it or something. Right, yeah. Yeah, a flyer, like you can just throw it away or lose it in a shuffle, but you might actually put a sticker somewhere on your computer case or on a notebook or who knows where. Right. Um... I guess another thing that went right would be that we had a pretty good demo because we actually spent probably a solid week on doing nothing but just like ironing the edges around the, the demo and kind of like, uh, you know, we took the achievements off the title screen because weren't, those weren't ready and like took some other stuff out of the game because it was in too rough of a spot or whatever. And and the demo overall worked pretty well. <laughs> I'm hesitant to to put that on like under what went right because I've also got a similar point under what went wrong. But I have well, seen. I think, good. I think it can be under both categories. Yeah, I, I've seen postmortems that do, you know, the same point is on the positive and negative. Well, what went right with the demo was is that it hardly ever crashed. Um, I think that we had That's like a good point. three crashes throughout the entire weekend, and we were there from like eleven or, or actually ten. 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. on Saturday and 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. on Sunday, mm-hmm. and um, we really had almost no technical difficulties. So that was that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, the demo was pretty stable, and um, I think a couple of the crashes, like one, one time, I think one of the computers overheated and shut itself down. So I don't even know if that was our fault. Um, but there was a couple times where the demo bugged out, and we made notes of those bugs. But um, I was actually very surprised that we weren't running into more game-breaking bugs 
JavaScript errors or something. <laughs> I remember uh, when we first set up the demo and there were already, like we, we were running a little bit late and there were already uh, people, you know, running around enjoying the arcade games. We were like, oh, set this up quick, you know. Um, when we first plugged everything in, like within the first few minutes, uh, like a, a, something happened, like a, not a circuit breaker broke because it wasn't that. It was just like there's cables everywhere in this giant room, you know. And so oh, yeah. something happened and like it didn't just kill uh, us in our demo. It killed like this little circle, like... <laughs> Of like they three killed the whole block of pinball yeah, machines next to yeah, us. Yeah, like a three to five uh, machines were dead, and we were like, oh, no. Was like, is this going to be a problem all weekend? But uh, somehow that just never happened again. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, overall, it was it was super good. Uh, crazy positive experience. Um, but there are negative things, too. So let's go into that. Like, what went wrong, right? Yep. Um, I, th- I put number one was the most obvious one, I think, was... Um, we, we were really diligent about preparation and setting up and everything. We were very prepared, but then we made a, I guess what would probably be a rookie mistake if you're a person who demos a lot of games and stuff, and we lost our spot. We lost our table. Yeah, so what we did is we came by on Friday, the day before the convention, and we set up all of our stuff, and we tested it out. We made sure everything worked, which was great. That was part of our great preparation. Yep. Uh, and then we broke it all down, and we took it home. And we left our table and we put a little sign on there that said reserved for Crypt Run by Lost Decade Games. I, I put um, a picture of that, that sign on my Twitter. It looks so stupid. Like, I just, I messed <laughs> up so badly. It's like, Crop or Turn. <laughs> well, it was like the back of a manual that we wrote on at the last minute. Yeah. Um, we were not prepared for that. No, we weren't. But our thinking was is that, you know, you can't really steal an arcade cabinet because it's heavy and bulky and no one's going to pick it up and walk off with it. But. We have this setup where we have like speakers and mice and keyboards and game pads and monitors and, and smallish PCs under the table. And, and right. there's all kinds of things that someone could walk off with. Yeah. Um, not that we think that there's a lot of criminals at California Extreme, but, you know, better not to tempt fate. No, so it's, it's certainly not any more than normal. But that's like when I was uh, like I asked on Reddit, does anybody have any advice uh, for doing a live demo? You know, and uh, one of the things they said was like nail down your stuff. Like if it's if it's a. If it can be stolen, it will be stolen, you know? Right. So that kind of made us paranoid, I think. Like, really, what happened was we uh, we found out we could go down Friday, and we wanted to just test the demo and kick its tires and make sure there was no, you know, <laughs> big holes in our plan. And right. uh, and then we just really cleared everything out and took off. And I don't know what we should have done, but um, probably talk to somebody and have it had a better, like, instead of this really crappy little note, like, we'll be back, like, something more prominent, like leave a banner there or, or maybe actually leave some hardware there and just kind of lock it up or something. So what ended up happening is that uh, we did all that. We were thinking we were great. Um, and oh, then yeah. I got there uh, early on Saturday and I walked in and, and I walked up to our table and uh, there was no table. And yeah. instead of a table, there were some people building these big wooden rafters for their own demo booth. Right. <laughs> and, and I walked up to them and I said something like, um, I think we're supposed to be demoing here. And they're like, well... Someone told us to be here, and so at that point I was like freaking out because I didn't know if we were gonna have any spot whatsoever. So I ran around the hall uh, like a chicken with my or, yeah chicken with head cut off, trying to find one of the organizers. And I finally found this guy, and he was like, "Oh yeah, we didn't know if you were coming back or not. Like we saw this empty table and just said reserved, and like we didn't know if like you guys are here, you're gonna show up or whatever. And maybe they have a lot of people that are flaky. I don't know, um, but for some reason they weren't you know convinced that we were actually gonna show up, and so they gave our spot away." Uh, and then we had to spend the next, you know, 15, 20 minutes running around the place trying to find a place where our table would fit and we could put our chairs and stuff. And we ended, we ended up finding a pretty good spot. 
Um, yeah. It was on the other side of the hall. Um, I, I actually think that that spot worked out better. It seemed to be more high traffic. It was it was more high traffic. It was like an end cap. Like uh, yeah, Je- Jeff and I both uh, you know we we spent uh, college working through retail and stuff. So like we know that like an end cap, ooh, like a between aisles, that little area there. That's like that's like prime real estate. Like that's where you get your impulse purchases, and that's where like sales. Like it's got down in the aisles sometimes people like you might have people who just oh i just never went down there and i never knew there was like you know in california extreme it's like i never knew there was a centipede cabinet uh down that row or something but if you're on the end caps it's like much more traffic it is because yeah like people kind of like they won't go down every little nook and cranny but they'll generally walk the perimeter you know yeah so Um, uh the reason that was such a bad thing like it ended up being fine it wasn't a problem at all aside from the stress and a little bit of you know (laughs) worrying and stuff um it ended up being great but the reason that is such a bad thing is because that could have just been the end of the demo we could have been spent like all that time preparing for it all that time setting up like we bought hardware we ordered signs to print we had t-shirts and stuff and like we spent hours preparing the demo and the hardware and yeah going down there and every yeah it was it was many many hours of preparation right and if we weren't just lucky we would have um so our table's gone and that's it they're like look guys I'm, I'm sorry like someone else took your table and we're out of room like we can't put in more stuff it'll be a fire hazard so you're sol like that that could have been what happened yeah thankfully thankfully it didn't but yeah, um totally. i think next time we would try to uh figure out a way to, to put a, a more concrete claim on our spot yeah so the, the next one's uh pretty funny to me and jeff um <laughs> so it's kind of a story around it. The the bullet point is like too much giving away or like uh, don't give away your milk or something. I don't I don't know what it'll actually be, but um, <laughs> don't give away your milk. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like like we were saying, we 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 printed some stickers and those aren't free, you know. And like um, uh, so your girlfriend Melissa, she made these really amazing um, lollipops uh, that were like shaped like bats and they were in various colors and they were really like they were made by hand and wrapped by hand and like. That took yeah. a lot of her time and her passion and her love. It wasn't just we went to, you know, Target and bought a $5 bag of candy or something. It was like, that took a lot of her time. Uh, oh, yeah. We spent a bunch of time, like, making and, and deciding, like, which molds would be the most representative of, of Cryptron and which flavors <laughs> we should use. And, <laughs> oh, there was there also was, brownie uh, skulls, yes, like popsicle brownies. And uh, each of those things went through a couple prototypes. Wow. Because you know, the the first batch of each, we made like a limited run of each, and um, the first batch of each kind of didn't turn out well. So limited you know, it was, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, but yeah, so uh, but what what we found out though is we when we went there, we just put a whole bunch on the table, and we ended up having these people that would just come by and grab handfuls of them that weren't even playing. There was uh, this one family man, that, like, um, so we would mostly watch the table in shifts. I mean, we, we would spend some time together at the table quite a bit, but it was pretty often where it was like, okay, I got to go hit the bathroom or like, okay, I'm going to go play some games or something. So a lot of the times it was just one of us manning the table. And we were like, we each mentioned each, to each other separately how like, man, this family came by and they just like, this kid walked up and he grabbed like, like a handful of like three to five handmade lollipops and popsicles and just started handing them out to his family and did it again. They took like, took like 15, 25 of these things. Like those, those were, <laughs> those were so expensive to us, you know? <laughs> and, then, and then you were like, what? And like, we described the family and we were like, ah, oh, same, they did it to me too. So it's like, they did that twice. They ended up taking like half, right. half our stock. 
you know? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. And like Sunday, we, we uh, for most of the day, we had nothing at all. Because yeah, we pretty much ran through all of our treats on the first day. Yeah, I mean, it's like we were talking about how it's like, it's part of it's just how you're raised, you know? Because like back when I was a kid, if I would have taken more than one of anything that was like free take one, uh, my parents would like slap my hand and been like, one, take one. Right. You leave some for everyone else. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Um, so I guess that's the the lesson learned is have a sign. Well, for one, have a sign that says please take one. We've all seen those. You know, a one is underlined. <laughs> Smiley face. Um, the other one is uh, just don't put out all your stuff at once because like what, what I, I was doing, I was like, yeah, sure, this is great. People are taking these pipe. Like everybody's really happy. They're taking these lollipops, these brownies. I I just put out a whole bunch of them, and people are like, great. I just take them all. Yeah, yeah. I think we just having a few on the table at a time, because then people will take one because they don't want to. No one wants to take the last, you know. If there's only a few, no one's going to take a whole bunch. Right. At least that's our theory. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's okay because really we made them to be consumed by people at the show and give away for free, so it's not that big of a deal all yeah. in all. Yeah, that's uh, why we just, didn't like we didn't get our pennies in a bunch or anything. We were just like, yeah. ah, dang it. We, we we were mostly just ki- you know kicking ourselves because we we're like we should have known people are just going to do that. That's just human nature. So. And we could have stretched out our stock over the two days better instead of having it mostly consumed on the first day. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Like, that's something that, uh, I don't know, how else you learn that other than just doing it and having that happen? <laughs> or learn from somebody else who had that problem. I do think having the treats in the first place was a, a pretty cool idea, though. Super was, cool. Uh, super cool. I really feel like it helped um, people realize it's like a friendly, playful stuff where they're totally welcome and just come on in and have some fun and eat some candy it was great yeah that's great um so number three the hall of trials breakage was like the theme of uh saturday which you actually pitched uh patched it for for sunday which is awesome but let's let's talk about the hall the hall of trials bug so this is pretty much my fault so i'll have to take full accountability for this yay blameless i I had this idea um well i guess we both kind of talked about it and, and we wanted to add these challenge rooms to the game um, because we, uh, you know, we have this kind of infrastructure where we can arbitrarily create maps and put rooms in those maps and fill those rooms with different kind of scenarios. And the dungeons are filled with some of those scenarios too. And so we thought, hey, why don't we just take each of these scenarios and put them in their own map, essentially, and, and put them all together in a central hub. And we have this, like, challenge area where you can just go into a room, fight a bunch of owls, come out, go into a different room, fight a bunch of wolves, come out, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I added that to the game probably on Thursday. <laughs> and the like, demo yeah. the was on Saturday, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what ended up happening is I overlooked the death mechanic uh, with regards to the challenge rooms. And so what ended up happening is that when you died in a challenge room, you ended up being dead in a three-room map that had no enemies in the dead world and no exits. Uh, so you were essentially stuck. And so while it wasn't like... there wasn't The game didn't crash, it didn't break, it, we found people just wandering around these three rooms not knowing where to go because, you know, there's no doors, there's no things to fight, there's nothing that tells them what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Uh, and we had to go up to people and, and sheepishly explain that the game was still in alpha and that yeah. uh, they had, they'd have to quit and restart the game. It would have been better if the game had just had a fatal error, honestly, because what was happening was people were just kind of like bored and confused because they're like, why are, what's with all these empty rooms? Like, why would I play this, you know? And once in a while it would be like, you're the only one man at the table and you're, and someone's, you know, got you in the middle of a conversation and you're seeing out of the corner of your eye that that's happening. And you're like, I gotta get over there and tell them what's up. Cause they just feel like they're like, yeah, I played that game. It's, it's a bunch of empty rooms. That's cool. <laughs> you know, 
So um, sometimes people kept, just leave, and that was that was bad. I kept jokingly referring to it as uh, rebooting the players. Yeah, rebooting the players, right? Yeah. Um, what I noticed too is when you'd walk up to people and um, like I'd, I'd try to approach them, not directly from the back, and be like, and then, like startle them, you know? I'd try to like approach from the side so they could see me first, and then I'd be like, "Oh, hey!" I and like the, one of the moment I would open my mouth, like. They, they would immediately drop the controller and, and like look at me like 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 they weren't <laughs> like they expected me to be like hey what are you doing here you, quit playing that game you have to get out of here yeah you've been playing for too long they were all like startled and, and I that's not it's not a positive experience <laughs> no um but yeah we have we'd have this spiel we'd say like oh hey you're you're currently experiencing a bug sorry about that when you don't when you die in the hall of trials uh the game breaks so please just hit start and then um quit and you can go right back in and it was bad too because a lot of times people would quit and then they're done like yeah I th- there was a, a ha- about half the time that happened they would quit and start over quit. and then the other half the time they would just leave they would just quit and leave yeah so um i don't know maybe like if that bug hadn't been there um maybe they would have been more impressed with the game and thought better of it and like we failed to convert some people you know they were like that's totally possible your buggy game sucks and i hate you now (laughs) (laughs) how how dare you make me restart uh so the lesson there is that uh don't add stuff at the last minute even if you think it's an easy and simple idea uh, the good news is that you patched it the very night of. I mean, you did it like 3 a.m. after you'd worked a 16-hour shift, and like that's not ideal. Like it would have been better if you could just sleep, but you you did fix it. And uh, Sunday it wasn't a problem. We had no problems at all Sunday. Actually, truth be told, I fixed it in the morning. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I just lied to everyone. Thanks, Jeff. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway. It makes me sound more hardcore than I am. Yeah, but no, it does. No, I fixed it in the hotel in the morning. And then, uh, and then I just patched the games when I got to the expo at like 9.30 or 10 or whatever. Yeah. So the next point is related to um, the demos, or uh, obviously the demo, but the, um, the Hall of Trials and all that. Um, because it was, it was a lack of focus in our demo. Um, we were talking about, well, we'll talk about what we're going to do next time to fix it. But first, here's the problem is the title screen right uh, for the demo, it... It was uh, there's three options on the title screen. There's tutorial, play, and options. And it was pretty often a lot of people, most people I would say went into the tutorial, and that was good. But very common uh, people would just skip it and go to play. And yep. that was largely fine, just because the controls are so simple. It's left analog stick moves, right analog stick fires, and you know you're gonna know how to play the game at least. You just you may not know exactly how to handle the <laughs> game objects and stuff. Well, that's not always true, though. I saw at least, uh, I would say, 10 to 15 different people who grabbed the controller, hit play, and went into the game, and they started moving around with the left stick just fine, but they were trying to hit the buttons to fire. Right. And right now in our game, the buttons don't do anything. You attack with the right analog stick because it's right. a twin stick kind of shooter. And so they would just be sitting there running around, hitting buttons on the face buttons of the controller and not knowing what was going on. I'd have to lean over and say oh, you attack with the right analog stick. Yeah, so that was the other thing that we had to do. Like, we had these two spe- uh, spiels or whatever. The, the first one was the, the Hall of Trials bug. And then, yeah, that was the second one was much more minor, but it was uh, very often. You'd be like, really, you had, to one say, you had to say one thing. You're just like, oh, hey, just use the right analog stick to attack. And But it had the same kind of effect where I would come in and just say that one quick sentence, but they would be like, oh, <laughs> they'd look at me like <laughs> I'm going to kick him off or something. Right. <laughs> so that's, again, not ideal, not really. Yep. Um, and when you went to play the game, so the tutorial actually was, I think the tutorial is one of the best parts of the demo, 
Um, I most people got through it. I think there was only a couple people that kind of broke the tutorial by dying early or something like that that we didn't really expect. But I would yeah. say 99% of the time the tutorial worked as intended and mo and people were able to complete it at almost all skill levels, which was pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think. And then um, I think I think one of the other problems we had was that we had this kind of town hub. So when you hit play, you kind of go into this like really lame town area where you can either go into the cemetery, which is the first level. Lame, uh, or Laneville, right? Yeah. You can either go into the cemetery, which is the main game, or you can go into the Hall of Trials. And both of those options were given equal treatment visually. And so what happened is that people would go into this town hub, and it would be like, you're in town. Here's a door to the cemetery. Here's a door to the Hall of Trials. And Too much choice. About, yeah. People didn't really know. They would wander around. They would like attack some of the barrels, and then they would just wander through one of the doors. And half the time, they would go into the Hall of Trials. And every time that happened, it would make me cringe because I knew... That when they inevitably died in the Hall of Trials, they would be then yeah. stuck. Dude, I had the same thing. I'd be watching people, and I'm like, "Good, good, do the tutorial. Yes, do it. Oh, you made it to the tutorial. Yes, buddy." Because like I had nothing to do for like hours and hours and hours at a time, but just watch people play repeatedly, you know. Right. And then I would see them, and they'd be like, "They get to town," and I'm like, "Go right, go right, go right." I'm just you know internalizing it, and then they go left, and I'm like, "No." And that was mostly on Saturday when like Hall of Trials. First of all, wasn't as it wasn't much different because the environment was the same, and like. I don't know. I wanted people to go to the cemetery and then because they <laughs> go to the hall trials and have the bug and ugh. that was frustrating. Yeah. <clears throat> the lesson we learned is uh, simpler. Have pretty much one entry point. Like what we're thinking is you um, you pick up the game and there's really just play, right? And that dumps you straight into the tutorial. No matter what. Yeah. No matter what. The only downside I can think of that was we did have a lot of repeat plays, but like that kid who played for five hours, um, he, he would go in tutorials sometimes just for something else to do because he explored the rest of the content so thoroughly. He was like, he did every trial multiple times, the whole trials. He got all, he's the only kid I saw that got to the boss because the game is way too hard right now. <laughs> um, he got to the boss, of course, the boss demolished him. Um, <laughs> but he saw like pretty much all the game, and so he would just go back to tutorial because he's like, I haven't been, I haven't been to tutorial in a few hours. I'll go back. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So next time, I I would propose that we force the tutorial. Um, I think it's okay because most people aren't going to come back and play again, uh, or they may, they may, they may not. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. But um, I, I saw there was actually a decent amount of repeat players, but I think forcing the tutorial might be better. Maybe yeah. there's a way we can allow. Uh, a return player to escape the tutorial early or something. Well, I mean, really, when it comes to a live demo, what you want is, like, <clears throat> what we really want is we would prefer that a person plays it once and remembers it and really likes it, and then and then they want more. Like, they want to go back and play it, but, like, hey, demo's over. I mean, not to say we won't let them play, but to say that, like, you know, there's they spent the rest of the time playing other games, you know? Because it's, right. like, it's really the purpose of us doing live demo is to, I mean, get feedback and stuff, but also to to expose the game to as many people as possible. Right. So I think next time maybe we'll start with the tutorial no matter what, and when you're done with the tutorial, we'll dump you right into the first level. Um, just kind of this very consistent flow. We're not going to give you any weird decisions like, oh, you're in this quasi-lame town with random doors and <laughs> yeah. you don't know what's what. I explained it to this one guy because uh, like people will flag us over once in a while because they can tell we're hovering around and or we're the devs. So they, this one guy, he's like, um, he's like, can I talk to this villager? Like, does he have any information or anything for me? And I was like, no, no, he's only good for killing right now. <laughs> that's, like, <laughs> that's all he can do. Like, you can't do anything else. And there's no penalty, so just kill him because it's kind of entertaining. 
Yeah, <laughs> his only purpose is to die. Yeah, I was like, it's it's the lamest population one town you've ever seen in your life. There's nothing to do, and there's only one guy, and uh, <laughs> you can only kill him. He's like a <laughs> deaf mute. <laughs> yeah, we're, worst town ever. Um, we probably should have just cut that from the demo entirely. Yeah, probably. <clears throat> um, but overall, um, terrific exposure. The the best like collision and, and interaction with people that we've ever had in the history of our company, which we've had for three years, and we've even been independent for a year and a half. And like that's the best yet. That's our first live demo ever, and it was and it went really well. Uh, yeah, I think we did we did a great job. Um, everything went better than I, I had hoped. And, of course, we made some mistakes, but none of them were catastrophic. Yeah, there were mostly just, like, mistakes that made us really nervous and stuff like that. It wasn't like, you know, it didn't hurt the gameplay, it, or uh, it, it didn't hurt the demo. It uh, it, it didn't, like, uh, like, we never had a station that was out of commission. You know, mm -hmm. like, we both had both computers up all the time. Oh, I should make a note about this. The other thing that went wrong was um, we had uh, screensavers enabled. Oh, yeah. I turned yeah. those off eventually. Yeah, but there was also the the computer on the right had the screensaver pop on once in a while, but the computer on the left was it the same thing or was that something else? It was a screensaver, wasn't it? Uh, no, it, well, it wasn't really a screensaver. It was just the power saving. So both computers were in like you know, oh, put the monitor to sleep after fifteen minutes of inactivity. Right, right. And for some reason, I think that <clears throat> the gamepad doesn't always keep it awake. Yeah, I ran into a uh, a really annoying problem with the gamepad recently. So it's not like the gamepad is not a first class citizen in the gamepad API, because or or to computers in general, from what I can tell. Because like if you if you move your mouse or if you just touch a key in your keyboard, any computer I can think of will wake back up, right? Uh, they don't care about the gamepad. So you're sitting there, you're you're very much interacting with your computer, and the computer's like, I don't care. I haven't heard from right. you in a while, so I'm just gonna shut off. And it's it's so like you're sitting here in the middle, and you're like. Oh, <laughs> I was right here with you, pal. Right. So the lesson learned there is make sure that uh, I actually did a, a lot of preparation on the computers. I created like very clean LDG profiles with just the game that was nice. and like nice wallpaper and everything. And but what I'd forgotten to do was go in and turn off all the power saving stuff so that we didn't have this problem. That's, I'm gonna make a note of that too because I thought that was super cool. It just it made it definitely made the demo simpler. I wouldn't have thought of that personally because I'm not that forward thinking, I guess. But like, so imagine if it was my computers, it would have been like, especially man, my Windows machine. <laughs> that, that thing is like it's the family room PC, so it's like we just throw Put all kinds of garbage. It's like the worst organized computer you've ever seen. So like having a clean account because it's like that lost decade account on your. Windows machines, it's it's like it has Chrome and uh, Crypt Run and nothing else. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> it's really good. Um, that was the other thing I noticed is uh, the gamepad. It also you cannot um, you can't full screen with the gamepad because in order to call the full screen um, from, from JavaScript to call the full screen request in the browser, you have to have user inter interaction, meaning like a like an input, like a like a mouse click, yeah. And so you can't right. do it with the gamepad, which is super lame. Because the gamepad doesn't throw events. The gamepad is like a polling mechanism. Well, right. depending on the implementation, but like there are events in Chrome. Oh, interesting. I wonder if we well, we're using the polling under the hood. Yes. Well, so, so I was actually talking to uh, Ricky about this because um, that project I can't talk about that he's working on. The uh, he has gamepad support in it, and uh, when he was first working with gamepad support, I guess there were only events, and it, like. That sounds like a pain to work with because really, 
if you're working with a game, you've already got a game loop. For us, it was easy. We, I mean, we already had all this keyboard code, and the gamepad code was very comparable, you know? Right, yeah. So it was really nice. Like, pulling is pulling makes a lot of sense in a game. It does, yeah. I, mean, I would much prefer a pulling interface for a gamepad than an event totally. interface. Totally. But I was speculating that maybe with the event interface, Chrome would treat the gamepad events as something that you could hook full screen from. I don't know. Yeah, see, what I understand is that it, it's kind of like an iPhone where audio won't load until it's had user input. I think it's the same kind of thing where it's like um, the entry point has to be input, and if it's not, it just won't. It won't even, like, it just ignores the request as far as I see. Yeah, it does, just completely. Anyway, um, that's all the notes I have. Uh, the only other thought I had was uh, we kind of wish we had had a banner like a like lost decade banner or like a like a maybe a big like you know support us in kickstarter banner or something oh yeah i mentioned that uh i think in our notes that uh i saw this other company doing <clears throat> something oh they were they were doing a um a pinball history museum or something and, and they were running a kickstarter campaign for it as well but they had this monitor up that had the kickstarter page open or some web page that was showing you know the current amount funded current percent towards the goal oh that's a good idea yeah, and then had like a big sign that said like "back us on Kickstarter" that was kind of separate from, or you know, it was, it was seated on their table or whatever. Dude, who doesn't uh, love a progress bar? Because you can always see like, and then and Kickstarter has that so prominent. You got, you got like it shows you where you're at and your goal, and there's this green bar. It shows you the progress. Like that would have been a really good thing for us to have, maybe like on a monitor or on a laptop between the two computers. You know, and people can yeah. see it right there, and like if people. Because there were definitely a lot of people there who were very familiar with Kickstarter, and I'm sure they've used it before. And oh, yeah. uh, they would see that screen and be like, "Oh, cool!" Like, because Kickstarter is it's fun and addictive to use. You know, like once I signed up, I've I've pledged to over ten projects now. You know, it's like it's it's fun and like people see that and be like, "Oh, cool!" Because I'm sure yeah. some people played and and didn't know the game was on Kickstarter, even though we tried to like bubble it up in the game and stuff like that. I'm sure that some people just they didn't get the message. Yeah, I think next time I would have had a persistent Kickstarter something screen sign. Who knows? I'll make a note. Um, more prominent Kickstarter. So yeah, uh, that's that's the live demo. I, I'm gonna take those uh, those points and I'm gonna um, write them up into an article. So watch our blog um, or Gamma Sutra for that. And uh, we're gonna have a bunch of cool pictures too because um, uh, our buddy uh, Ricky stopped by. And uh, he is one of these guys who has this crazy expensive camera and knows how to use it. And he even, like, uh, he rented this really cool wide lens. And he was taking these really cool pictures of the demo and of us from all these really cool angles. So um, we'll get those pretty soon and we'll include that in the postmortem because those are, those are fun. Yeah, those are pretty cool. I can't wait to see how those turned out. I only got to see them on Ricky's camera. So Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. Um... So the other thing is, uh, I guess, catch up on the Kickstarter, because uh, really, we just had that episode where we were talking about how we were going to launch it, and uh, that was four days ago? Well, we've launched it three days ago, so um, an update, we're currently at uh, 57%. Wow. After nice. three days, we're only 10% through the campaign, and we're at uh, 57%. That's, that's a lot better than I thought we'd do, i got to say that. Yeah, it's been uh, the response so far has been really great. Um, thank you very, very much to everyone who's backed the project. Yes, uh, we, thank you. We appreciate it so much. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, every, every single pledge that comes in, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just giddy as a schoolgirl. Because, like, I, my phone just blows up because I've got, like, I'm subscribed to the notifications on uh, the Kickstarter app. And I get an email. And I'm just like, yeah, it just, just, like, makes my day. And, like, like two will pop up in an hour. And I'm just, like, jumping around the house. <laughs> and then you'll text me. You'll be like, $9 from random guy in some state. We're like, woo. It's like, in your average day, uh, since we started the Kickstarter, the Kickstarter brings in more money than um, from consumers, I mean, than, than any of our other, other games uh, have before in, like, their That's lifetimes. <laughs> yeah, it's a really interesting experience. I'm glad that we're, we're trying it. So it'll be interesting to see how it ends up. But uh, at the very least, uh, we've probably made more money <laughs> than we made with Lava Blade. Yeah, it's it's... It's not uh, probably healthy to think of it as like money that we've already made because I mean technically if we don't make the 5K then we don't get a penny of it and that's not money we made but it, we're on track if if we can stay like I, <clears throat> I know we're gonna be continually you know there's, there's a there's a big launch notice and you get your your friends and your you know your your big fans and like your family and stuff contribute and so you've got this initial bump out of the gate you know so I'm aware that our daily pledges are probably going to be continually on the, the uh, decline the, yeah on the decline so i'm a little nervous about that but we are on track to hit the 5k and that's uh that feels good that's like that's fantastic yeah so yeah the campaign's going great i think that we're both happy that we put a lot of effort and time into it uh, this is another kind of gamble that we uh we spent a lot of time preparing for the first one obviously was a demo and then the kickstarter um and i think both of those things have uh, I mean, the Kickstarter is obviously not over yet, but I think it's paying off at least in experience and exposure, hopefully. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Even if the Kickstarter fails, I can't imagine that we wouldn't be able to relaunch it and have it succeed, like, the next time or the following time. Like, we're just, we're learning so much almost on a daily basis about it, mm -hmm. and we're getting better at it. One one cool thing, uh, or the most dramatic improvement, I would say, that we made was the the video. Um Oh yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about that because I, I guess we no surely we hadn't um, filmed the video. Wait, was did we do that Lost Cast? We did. We did the Lost Cast the day we were going to film the video. Right, we did. Yeah, and so we we did Lost Cast and then we filmed the video and then we yeah. started editing it and it turned out to be terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it. like <laughs> it, it turned out to be um, like embarrassingly bad. <laughs> so uh, we we might uh, we might post it just because it's it's kind of a novelty. Uh, it's kind of fun because like we did um, we did green screen like you ordered a green screen from Amazon because they're just like they're just stupid cheap and you could just like thumbtack it up on your wall and you it, you, you were like I, I kept talking about it you're like no don't do it like it's too much and then I was like Matt I bought a green screen and you're like ah oh, fine yeah well, at, that, at that point it's like well let's if we're gonna do it then we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it and so like every single shot has a green screen in it yeah, right. and we're like why not because it's like okay we could shoot in your kitchen or we could just later make it look like we shot in your kitchen <laughs> so it's like everything should be green screen um, yeah but anyway so we shot the video and like um <laughs> We didn't really know what to do, so we just did some stuff. We just wrote this little script where we just talked about the game. And, like, I've heard some of the best practices is you're supposed to talk about your team. And, like, people want to get to know you a little bit, so you got to say a little bit about yourself. So we had little, like, you know, Jeff does this, and Matt does this, and here's a little bit about us. And these really long-winded just blah, blah, blah parts where people were like, just, just shut up and show me the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest takeaways there are, one, is that um – we spent way too much time talking about something that wasn't the game. It's, Various topics that weren't the game. Uh, yeah, like what the, <laughs> we're just babbling about random stuff. 
too much time uh, looking at you and me and not enough time of gameplay footage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the green screen stuff actually worked out pretty well. Like, technically, that stuff uh, was executed pretty well. Like, it, it looked great in iMovie, and, like, putting in the backgrounds was really easy. Um, the problem was is that myself especially I was very stiff in my delivery of my lines. You're uh, you're hilariously uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> like you, <laughs> there's these parts where you can watch me talking and I'm like blah 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 blah, you know, and then because <laughs> you usually like the, just the human eye is drawn to the person where the noise is coming from, you know. But if you if you look over at you, you're like you're sitting there and you're just like Whoa. you're so clearly like <laughs> I hate I hate this. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> It's funny to watch. Uh, if if you like watching Jeff be uncomfortable, which which I'm a big fan of. <laughs> I'm sure that you are. <laughs> so good. I personally hate it, but you know. Yes. That's just me. <laughs> um where are we going with that? Just outside like I guess we filmed another video. So that one was like over five minutes too. And um so we took another stab at it. We got some really great advice from our friends uh Claudia and Alan. Um they're like they're like Kickstarter users. They've each backed like 50 to 100 projects and they're on there like all the time talking about it. And so they were great to ask advice for. And they sent us to um, this video for Prison Architects, which are these other indie guys. I think they're introversion. And they've made a bunch of games for a long, long time. And this is their most recent one. And they had this really great video. It was like three minutes long. It was, um, it was mostly just about the gameplay. It had some fun uh, voiceovers and stuff. And so I... Um, I didn't think they'd mind if I borrowed a few elements from their much, much better video. So so we just kind of redid it that way where it's like it's almost 100% gameplay. Um, I've, I've got the audio equipment in my house because we forgot to give you a microphone. So I just did all the audio. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's embarrassing because like when you're watching the video, it almost sounds like there's two different people who are doing the narration because my, my voice keeps changing. <laughs> I wasn't even aware I was doing this, but... The way we did it was like we did one pass where I did all the audio and then we decided that we wanted to rewrite or just it sounded terrible so we recorded a couple different things but this when I re-recorded those parts I'm like I'm doing this thing with my voice or something I had no idea I was doing that when I was recording so then later you put it together and I was like oh, what is that <laughs> like why was why was I doing like a like a narrator voice or something like I was just trying to be <laughs> conversational Normal. but it didn't it didn't work out. Uh, well, in any event, the video ended up much better than much, it was before. It's I think. so concise. It's two minutes. Like I, I'm, I, I don't even like. I felt guilty before when it was long because I'm like, ugh. Some some people have to watch this. Like our friends and our family. Like we'll pester them unless they watch it. So it's two minutes. I'm, I feel good about that because it's like it's short, concise. Just get and it, it shows done. off the game, right? It's like game, 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 game. Yeah, it. yeah, definitely. But no think, one cares about us, right? I think that's what I heard is like that your general person, your average person who contributes to Kickstarter, they they really what they want is they use it as like a pre-sale tool. They want your game. They want it for cheaper than they would normally get it. And uh, they don't care who you are. They don't care if you're EA. They don't care if you're Team Meat. They, they don't care who you are. They want a, a fun game for cheap, period. Right. So uh, we that's what we did. We're like, OK, you can get the game for as cheap as nine bucks, which is which is cheaper than we're going to charge for it. We don't know exactly. Yeah, what we're gonna charge for? We're thinking fifteen. Yeah, something around there. Probably, but uh, either either way, it's cheaper and um, and the video is short and it's all gameplay. So it was like an optimized video, basically super optimized. Yeah, so that went well. I, I think that's great. Yeah. 
Oh, I uh, also wanted to uh, thank one of our podcast listeners, um, Kenny. Oh, was he the one that we met there? Yeah, came up and said hi. Um, that yeah. was great. We always love it when people come up and tell us that they love the podcast, and it's great talking uh, to people that enjoy our stuff. So, Yeah, uh, really impressive dude. He uh, works at NASA. I'm always so impressed to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds cooler than anything else people could say, you know, unless they're like, yeah, I'm president or something. But even then, I it's work like, on rockets that go to space. I'm like, hmm, I can't really compete with that. <laughs> I make games in JavaScript. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, that's adorable. <laughs> We're saving the future of mankind. At least you're keeping them entertained. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, we very much appreciate, um, you know, people coming by and saying hi. It always makes our day. So Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so I guess that's it, really. Um, we are continuing to push really hard on the Kickstarter. We just today planned out we're going to do at least four big up- updates, so that's once per week, but we're also going to be doing some uh, live development, maybe. We're going to try to see if we can do that. We're going to do some, uh, some more time lapses and some more articles and another video, which uh, will probably involve green screen this time. <laughs> Yay, green screen. Yeah. Uh, we have a new Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Lost Decade Games. Which what? is Yeah, isn't that nice? Because before it was like, oh, yeah, just go to our Facebook page. It's Facebook de- facebook.com slash 3121485 page slash lost dash decade dash. No. Yeah, yeah <laughs> None of that. Terrible. Facebook slash Lost Decade. Uh, awesome. And we have, we have a sad number of users. It's it's a... Uh, 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 people who like us it's it's only like 200 and like facebook has such a bigger audience like i would have thought we would have more facebook uh, likes we you and i are much bigger twitter users so yeah i think it's just natural that that's gonna happen neither of us really use facebook all that much i mean that's true uh, you probably use it way more than i do and, and you don't I, touch it yeah i don't use it at all <laughs> we uh we have a thousand more twitter followers than facebook uh equivalent of followers <laughs> Yes, but we post all of our content there, and so if you want to like us on Facebook, do please, it. Yeah, and please do. you can see all of our updates and all that other stuff. So. So that's it for this week. Uh, during the campaign, we're going to do our best to do one show per week. So you will hopefully hear from us again in uh, about that amount of time. <laughs> oh, we should <laughs> do. Way to be a way to have a commitment there, Matt. Yes, way to soonish, maybe sometime. Yes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for listening. See you next time.
soon. Yeah! Don't look at me so soon.